the Sustainable Investing Podcast by Aberdeen. Hi everyone, I'm Eva Cairns, your host for today, and you're listening to the Aberdeen Sustainable Investing Podcast, discussing all things relating to sustainable and responsible investing. I'm delighted to introduce our guest for today, Duncan Grierson. Duncan is a passionate clean tech entrepreneur and venture investor with over 20 years of experience. He is now building a company with a big mission, Climate, a fintech focused on investing into companies making a positive impact on climate change. As founder and CEO, he raised over 100 million in venture capital from large investors, built several clean tech companies in waste to biofuel, plastics recycling, solar battery storage, wind turbine composites, and invested in many others, especially in digital solutions for the energy transition. He started in venture capital with top-tier venture fund TCVC in London, Silicon Valley, and Paris. Duncan founded Climate in 2019 to empower everyone to make a tangible difference on climate change by investing in great companies with real environmental impact. He has spent the last 20 years building sustainable businesses before sustainability became mainstream. Duncan is an EY Entrepreneur of the Year Cleantech Award winner and has an MBA and a law degree from Cambridge University. A father of two boys, aged six and ten, he's inspired by the curiosity to preserve and build a fairer world. So Duncan, what an inspiring bio and list of achievements. It's such a pleasure to have you with us. Welcome. Hi, Ava. It's great to be here. Thank, thanks for inviting me. So, Duncan, you've, you've got an impressive career in clean tech and climate impact investing. Can you tell us a bit more about how your journey started and got you to where you are today? Was there anything that inspired you to take this route? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I guess if I roll back, it's almost, almost 20 years. I started working on a, on a, a business to, to, to you know, make a difference on, on climate change. And before that, I'd been an investor. And I, 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 I guess I re- my journey started perhaps, you know, focused on the financial side of things. So, I, I, you know, I could see there's an opportunity in the environmental space as an investor. And I was looking at building a, a platform around environmental technology consulting. And the thing is, I, I got so interested in the whole topic that I kind of went down the bunny hole and, and did all sorts of research and got very, very interested in the whole space. And, you know, I've, you know, I've been in it ever since. And, you know, I've built a sort of range of different companies and have invested in a lot of others, in particular the last few years around kind of clean energy and the clean energy transition. But, um, yeah, inspired really just by by the potential to have an impact on this massive, massive problem that we all face. It's the, you know, this is the biggest problem that we've faced on the planet um, ever. And, you know, if we can have a little dent in it with, with you know, with a, a newish platform, Climate, then that's got to be a good thing. So can you tell us a bit more about Climate then and really the core concept, how it works and what's the purpose of that business? So Climate, it's a, it's a smartphone app. It's a, it's a fintech. So it, uh, we, we make it super easy for anyone to invest in the companies that are already having a positive impact on climate change. So we, we focus on six core themes and we curate a portfolio of, of companies and specialist funds that are, are making a difference. So good examples are kind of clean energy, um, clean technology, electric mobility, and sustainable food. Those are some of our kind of our core themes. And so we're, we're quite an unusual platform. We are very focused, as the name suggests, on, on climate change. And so we're quite different from kind of ESG investing, which um, some of your listeners might have might have read or even might know quite a lot about. And so we're, we we go much further than ESG, which is really a set of screening tools to remove 
if you like, the worst, the worst offenders uh, in environmental, social and governance. We, we go much further. We are positively looking out for companies that are making a positive impact. And so they have a core product which is making a difference. So, you know, clean energy is a, is a clear example of that. So we, we quite a lot of our portfolio invests in clean energy. And another one is, is smart mobility, which is largely right now electric mobility. And so, yeah, we just we make it super easy for anyone to invest. Our minimum is £25. Um, but we also have much larger investors who have, who have, you know, taken, I guess, a small leap of faith with a relatively new entrant. But I, you know, I've, we've built a team now with, with, with 38 people. We've raised quite a lot of venture capital funding. And we brought some incredible people into our into our business, into our team, and as advisors as well. So we're 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 growing fast, and we seem to be you know resonating with a with a lot of people. And obviously, COP twenty six, you know, a few weeks ago has um, has even further raised the profile of of climate change and the need for sustainable investing. And I think it's great that it's so accessible. When you say you know it's on your phone, twenty five pounds starting point. Anyone who wants to have that this kind of positive impact through finance um, can can use climate, which is fantastic. And on the topic of, you know, you talk about investing in companies that have a positive impact. And I know when we do our analysis of, you know, for our impact investing strategies of companies that um, would fit into that, one of the challenges is really measuring that impact um, to be sure that, that you can show credibly that the company has a positive impact on climate change. So how are you doing that? Um, what would you say is the approach to take there? Yeah, it's all about data. So we, we, we're building a large data set and we have three data providers. So specialist um, technology and investment platforms that provide us with data and we aggregate all that and we filter it and we clean it. And we're also add to our own data. So we, I guess we're a little different from most fintech, most, most uh, you know, app-based platforms. We have an in-house investment team, full-time of six people. And our chief investment officer was was the former global head of uh, utilities research at Credit Suisse, 30 years experience in the capital markets. And so we've got this, you know, in-house deep expertise. And with that, we we dig we dig deep. We do a lot of diligence on the companies and then there's some specialist funds we also have in our portfolio. And we, yeah, we, we look at um, all the different metrics. And so how we can i just ask what kind of metrics you look at yeah so the the two key ones that we we look for and in fact we share with our users in the app are carbon abated so we drill into the numbers from the companies about how much carbon is abated through through them through their products and also clean energy generated so those kind of our two current core metrics and we we look at how much you know how much carbon is is abated through these companies and how much clean energy is generated. And that's, you know, we believe that's, those are the two key metrics you need to be looking at, but we're also looking at providing um, more information to our users also around other around other met- metrics like water, you know, water saved. Well, water is obviously a, a key resource and, and will come even more so in the, in the coming decades, especially with climate change. Fantastic. Um, and as you say, this carbon abated, I think, is, you know, the, the kind of avoided emissions that in the industry also starting to be called um, scope four uh, and, and is quite a challenge to, to calculate. So that's quite interesting that you pull that together um, for people. And on the topic of, you know, innovation, when it comes to clean tech and some of the companies you've looked at, some of the things you've invested in, have you seen any really exciting innovations that you think will really help transform uh, the, the transition to net zero and the, the planet? Um, 
anything that you would want to share there that you think this was really exciting uh, in terms of innovation? Yeah, we we um well, we have a large portfolio, so there's over 400 stocks across our portfolio, and so it's 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 very diversified. So we don't typically go, we don't typically over-index on one particular stock. We we try to provide a balanced portfolio, but there's clearly a lot of interest um, in some of the newer energy technologies. For example, hydrogen. There's a lot of interest in that right now. The hydrogen, for sure, will have a place in the energy system. Um, I think. There's probably a little bit too much excitement in certain use cases, but there will definitely be, be use cases for hydrogen. Um, and I, around electric mobility as well, I think, you know, as we move towards, you know, truly um, a truly kind of decarbonized system whereby all vehicles will be electric. There's lots of interesting companies coming through. And that's just not that's not just hardware. That's also software. So software, you know, the digitization of a lot of companies and their products is is a very big part, I think, of of the move we need, the systemic we need uh, around the world. But I would also say that we shouldn't over-index on kind of new cool technologies. We already have most of the technologies that we need today that are already proven. We just need to scale them further. So we need to invest at scale into rolling out solar and wind and energy storage technologies. The, you know, these are technologies that have already gone down the cost curve over the last 20, 30, 40 years. And now, you know, at, at, at parity or even cheaper in some parts of the world. You know, it's cheaper now in some parts of the world to install solar than it is to build a new coal-fired uh, power plant. Um, yeah. And so we need to be investing in these. And not just, you know, in the in the developed world, we also need to be helping finance these, these kinds of technologies, solar and wind, also in you know emerging parts of the world where it's perhaps not so easy to get access to finance so you know i've read some research quite recently that that it's believed that 75% of what we need to get to net zero by 2050 are from proven technologies already today that's solar wind and and storage but we do need to be investing mm-hmm. also in some of these you know newer technologies as well we need to get them down the cost curve and so they can fill out the last the last piece of the jigsaw puzzle yeah Absolutely. And similarly, I've seen a stat just before COP that the um, IEA published, which was around um, 50% of the technologies needed in 2050 are at um, demonstration stage at the moment or development stage. And so therefore need a lot more investment to kind of support, as you say, scaling up some of these and making them, commercializing them. So I think that's really important. Do you think countries and companies are spending enough on R&D, for example, to get some of the innovation we need off the ground? I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of investment moving in the right direction right now. Um, but it's not, I think it's not just companies. I think we also need, you know, more, more direction from governments. You know, COP26 was, you know, there was a step forward, but it was ultimately yeah, a partial failure. You know, we didn't end up with a, you know, a, price, a true price on carbon. So carbon right now is not being priced correctly. And, um, you know, that, 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 that has to be done. And I think that's where we need, you know, we can, I think we can overly focus on ourselves, uh, you know, users, citizens making a difference. We definitely need to be, you know, doing what we can. Um, companies also need to be doing as much as they can. But I think, you know, the, one of the biggest leaves we've got are, you know, what governments can do. And so the carbon tax or the lack of carbon price, I think was something that, that could have, should have, would have, Come out of of uh, of of Glasgow. I don't think many people were surprised that it didn't, but I think now 
with a positive hat on that there's a there's a big momentum now behind all the changes we need to make. And I, I you know, I'm hopeful that at the next COP there will be, you know, a bigger step towards having a proper a proper price on carbon. You know, carbon is in everything. You know, carbon is embedded in everything we do from the moment we wake up in the morning from what we eat for breakfast, for the clothes we put on, for, you know, the ho- homes we live in. To you know the transportation we take to work when we can travel to work, um, it's 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 just everywhere. And so having a true, a correctly priced carbon, um, is a is a, is is a very important lever that we we need to be focusing on. Yeah, no, I I would fully agree. It's you know providing the right incentives to allow all the different areas of the and all different industries to to decarbonize and without the right carbon price uh, certainly for some it's a lot more difficult than than for others and i did want to ask you about overall cop26 outcomes given that you know this was a big conference a lot of focus on finance and the role of finance and keeping the 1.5 degree uh, goal alive which as you say that uh, hasn't been achieved yet when we look at um, what the pledges uh, add up to at the moment and more importantly the credibility and really putting some of the promises into into practice so you mentioned the the carbon price there is there anything else you would highlight from cop26 things that um you know were positive but also other things that have definitely not delivered uh, but are needed to enable investment in climate solutions at scale I mean, I guess I'd highlight the the, um, the announcement that, that Mark Carney, the former Bank of England, made uh, around mobilising 130 trillion dollars uh, by the the largest 400 financial services and insurance companies around the world. You know that that is a huge sum of money, and if if that can happen, then that will obviously have a you know a big part to play in in this 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 big investment we require. So. I'm hopeful, um, but obviously the you know the proof is in the pudding. If if that money will actually get mobilised in time, and there's, there's you know there's clearly a significant amount of greenwashing going on right now from various different companies, who've kind of jumping on the green bandwagon but aren't necessarily in, investing their money um, in the in the right places. There's still far too much uh, bank funding of fossil fuel plants, you know, not necessarily in Europe, but sort of in other parts of the world, um, and, and you know, and that needs to stop. You know, the, the, we really should not be funding new coal-fired power plants anywhere in the world. I mean, that's just—it's kind of suicidal that we're that we're doing that. Um, you know, the planet is just going to be just fine with, with, without us on it. But you know, this is a this is a humanity that needs to wake up and and you know m- make many systemic changes and putting our money into the right kinds of companies and projects. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And as you say, I think everybody needs to really shift and the systemic changes needed in, you know, how we look at short term versus long term and how we look at really when we talk about return, you know, that it's not just the financial return, but also the planet that you're ultimately going to enjoy this return in. And that that's also part of the equation. So I think a lot needs to change to really embed that into into the thinking and we'll look forward to COP next year. I think it was good to see that actually normally it would be a five-year mechanism to come back and update pledges. And um, I think from our perspective, it was quite nice to see that next year everybody has to come back uh, and actually give it another chance to update pledges um, so they align with 1.5 degrees. So we'll see what will happen, I think, uh, over the next few few months. 
maybe thinking a bit about your own personal journey and how, you know, you, I mentioned earlier, you'd said you've got two boys and they uh, inspire you. And um, I, I know how that feels. I've got two girls and they start asking about climate change. And it's just uh, interesting to see the kind of question they ask. And I just wanted to explore a bit how the aspect of climate change is reflected in your personal life um, and the kind of discussions you have with your kids about that. Uh, yeah, crikey. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because you, you don't want to scare them. Um, but you also want to inspire them to, you know, maybe do do, do their own thing in their own little way. So, I mean, I guess we try to we've, we try to focus on actions. So we, we talk a lot about recycling, you know, and that's those are kind of simple actions that everybody can make, making sure you're you're putting your plastic bottles in the in the right recycling bins and making sure, you know, you're you're not over buying things, you know, so we're you know, we try to be a little careful. But um, yeah, I try to inspire them, you know, try to get them thinking about perhaps, um, you know, what is what is the positive we can we can take from all of this. And you're know, looking back at COVID in the last couple of years, you know, what has been tremendously positive is that people, you know, very quickly got got behind it. And, you know, and we were able to get onto this kind of yeah. crisis footing. And so, you know, it's that it's that kind of thinking I, I'm trying to sort of encourage with them that, you know, always look at things with a positive head that you can make a difference, you know, if, you, if you're smart and, and you try and find solutions. Yeah. And so um, if we think about that and looking maybe three years into the future um, and with the developments we're seeing across the investment industry and uh, governments and companies, where would you like to see the, the the investment industry when it comes to you know tackling climate change and enabling net zero through their investments uh, in three years' time? So three years' time, yeah. I mean, hopefully before that. But what what would be what would be great would be to have some proper definitions around quote unquote sustainable investing. I mean, right now we have we have ESG, and there are no there's no real definitions of what that is. So you know, one fund manager is is calling. You know, one group of companies sustainable and, and another fund manager a different group so I think that's really unhelpful um you know there are you know ESG generally started with a with a positive kind of uh, outlook if you like a positive reason you know risk-based analysis but unfortunately it is it has become a, a kind of a marketing tool um, and so I think what would be really helpful is if we had some proper definitions around what is truly sustainable investing, and that may that may mean we end up with a couple of different types. So you know we're very much at the kind of pure play, super green end of uh, end of the spectrum. We're only putting people's money into companies that are having a, a positive impact. But it it could be that we have different shades of green. So you have kind of a super green and and perhaps a slightly you know browner green where you're investing in companies which are on a transition. You know there are a lot of companies out there which are trying hard to move their products and services into having a, a reduced carbon impact. And that's good. Um, but there are also a whole bunch of companies that, you know, you know, I touched on earlier who are just basically mm. greenwashing. And so having proper, you know, topography standardization of what you can describe is in your portfolio. I think, you know, that would be a massive step forward. And, and, you know, for example, the economist, you know, just a few months ago said that the top 20 ESG funds in the world hold on average 17 fossil mm. fuels. Uh, companies in their portfolio, which is just just mind boggling. If if as a as an investor, as a retail investor, you think you're investing into you know companies that are making an impact, if you put money into you know one or more of those ESG funds, well that that's not really happening. So I think you know better better standardization, better definitions. Um, I think that would be a, a, a big step forward. 
Fantastic. So as a final question, it'd be great to leave listeners with something that inspires you and maybe keeps you motivated and hopeful. Is there a person that inspires you like that or any books or podcasts that you would recommend? Um, I guess, you know, I would look at, I mean, the, you know, the obvious sort of, sort of figures in the world of sustainability, but one of perhaps slightly less obvious or less well-known, I, I probably pick out Christiana Figueres, who was mm. the executive secretary of the UN and basically she she pushed you know Paris uh Paris Paris agreement back into uh, 2015 so you know amazing woman and amazing work and I think you know she's quite inspirational super smart and, and she managed to you know you know motivate and pull pull together um a lot of people back then I think we we owe her a big a, mm. you know big amount of credit and you know and and, and if, if you want a podcast she does run a podcast actually which is excellent called outrage and optimism which uh which is a, you must have yeah. listened to my episode because it's exactly what i said when i did oh, this with funny. amanda no, christiana yeah, no, was my inspiration in her podcast and books as well so i totally agree she is absolutely brilliant <laughs> she is brilliant so yeah people go go away and listen to her and, and that podcast it's, it's excellent yeah fantastic that's great to hear you on the same same page with that um, so uh, that's that was really inspirational. We've come to the end of our podcast and it's been such a pleasure to have you with us. So thanks again for your time uh, and your great contributions. Many thanks, Ava. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Aberdeen Sustainable Investing Podcast, a podcast relating to all things responsible and sustainable investing. And today, a special episode with Duncan Grusin on climate impact investing. Thank you all for tuning in. You can find all our episodes on various podcast channels such as Spotify and Apple, as well as on the Aberdeen website. Until our next podcast, goodbye for now. Thank you for listening to the Sustainable Investing Podcast, brought to you by Aberdeen. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and for more great content, visit Aberdeen.com. This podcast is provided for general information only and assumes a certain level of knowledge of financial markets. It is provided for informational purposes only and should not be considered as an offer, investment recommendation or solicitation to deal in any of the investments or products mentioned herein and does not constitute investment research. The views in this podcast are those of the contributors at the time of publication and do not necessarily reflect those of Aberdeen. The companies discussed in this podcast have been selected for illustrative purposes only or to demonstrate our investment management style and not as an investment recommendation or indication of their future performance. The value of investments and the income from them can go down as well as up, and investors may get back less than the amount invested. Past performance is not a guide to future returns, return projections, or estimates, and provide no guarantee of future results.